This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It was a game of men against young boys in the end, as City run out comfortable winners in Burn. It's Thursday the 26th of October. I'm Amos Murphy. I'm Oliver Lowe. And this is the City Report Podcast. Welcome back, listeners, to another Victoria City Report podcast. We're getting down low, low, low with Ollie today. Ollie, how are you doing, man? It's good to have you back. Yeah, been been good. Um, f- feeling highly exhilarated by the match that I've just watched. Um, really excited <laughs> to, di- <laughs> to dig into the nitty gritty of what can only be described as, a, as an eye-catching performance. Listeners may or may not know this, but you have a, a history and a budding career, it has to be said, in comedy. Um, and I can imagine that was you being a little bit sarcastic at the start. <laughs> Unintentionally, I'm just, I'm, I'm quite a dry man, um, especially especially when it comes to City, um, you know. Um, but but I'll, try, mm. I'll try to be more optimistic as the show goes on. Do not make a joke about dry men and young boys in this show, please. Because <laughs> um, <not, laughs> I think we'll get taken off the air if you do. Um, let's speak about some actual football then before we get cancelled, because it was it was a weird game, wasn't it? Um, obviously, City won 3-1, which is their third consecutive 3-1 victory in the Champions League. However, I don't know, Does I guess the scoreline does reflect the performance, because I thought City were, were great, you know, they're much the better team, but... Like I said, it was a weird, very weird 90 minutes of football. Yeah, it was um, It was boring, is what it was. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't want to sound too pessimistic about it, um, but it just... Um, 
it, it didn't excite that much. I think I think City did what they needed to do, which um, you know, City a lot of the time are consummate professionals. Whether we play fantastic football mm. or or vaguely boring football, we we tend to get the job done in these games. Um, I can't really remember the last time that we had like a big slip up in the group stage. Um, you know, I, I think mm. at the start of the match, BT was saying that we've not lost a game in the in the group stages since um, since like twenty nineteen or or maybe since yeah um, the, yeah the, exactly. The, they we went to the final, but I, yeah, I can't really remember the last time that we had a massive slip up against a team that we were expected to be in in the group stages. Um, and I'm thankful for that. I am thankful for that every single day um, is a Man City fan. But at the same time, I think you know, in terms of the actual game tonight, it's probably just what everyone expected on paper. Which is sometimes, mm. unfortunately, the more the more boring fixtures people expected City to win, we won. We were expecting, you know, not our first team to be starting. Uh, that that didn't necessarily happen. We were expecting um, energy to maybe be conserved for the weekend. That was pretty much how it went. So a pretty textbook fixture all round, really. I, I do completely agree in the sense that it was textbook. I, do, I just feel like the way City got there at times was a little roundabout. I mean, we're, we're going to speak about Haaland in the second half of today's show, but Haaland scoring two goals, one of them being a penalty, is totally normal. And anyone you, who would have said that before kickoff would have gone, yeah, that's going to happen. However, I think the way he gets there is, is, is again, it was weird. It was just a totally weird performance. Like, even down to the fact they were playing on a plastic pitch, it was pissing down. The ultras behind the, the goal were just making constant noise. You know, it, it did feel like for want of a better word, um, considering the surfaces, City could have slipped up and, and obviously they didn't. Um, 27 attempts on goal, 67% of the possession, close to 4 XG. So City underperforming their XG. But speak to me about what you were thinking at half time then, because City in the first half, they had 10 attempts, they um, had three big chances, five shots on target. It felt like City were were putting together a masterclass 3-0 performance without actually bothering to score the goals. Yes, kind of reminiscent of of pre-Harland City, really, it mm. felt like. Um, but, but Erling Haaland was, was there, um, which again, we'll, we'll sort of get on to his his situation as it is at the moment, but it did, it felt very reminiscent of like 2021 Man City. I remember during um, yeah. the, the sort of lockdown football, we, we created like a million chances of the game and just weren't really that great at finishing. Um, I thought, I thought the first half started positively. I wasn't, I wasn't that worried in the first, I'd say 30 minutes or so. I thought they despite like I said it being a bit of a textbook game there were actually some some quite bright bright sparks in there I thought Jack Grealish looked Mm. you know fantastic um both attacking and defensively we sort of mentioned that in the in the sort of group chat um during the game that he is Mm -hmm. you know time time and time again so good at tracking back and and sort of making those last um last ditch tackles um and yeah I thought thought he did that against that superbly played in a couple beautiful balls which um, again we joked about in the chat just should have should have been finished and that's sort of where the frustration mm. started to creep in I think around the 30 minute mark sort of as we headed towards half time those last 10-15 minutes sort of thought we should be a goal up here at least maybe maybe more um, mm. you know but 
that's that's sometimes the way the cookie grumbles. And I, th- I think as it got towards half time, I thought this is going to be one of those nights. This is going to be one of those nights where it's a, it it wouldn't surprise me if it's a one one or if we do slip up or if we you know get a goal, but it's a penalty. It just kind of felt like. Um, the signs in the first 30 minutes were there of, of putting together a really uh, coherent performance. And then in those last 15 minutes of the second half, young boys picked up a, a bit more, um, I guess, enthusiasm in their play. They got a couple more chances and it felt like they weaved their way back into the game. Tough conditions. And at halftime, I was kind of thinking, are we in for a bit of a, a bit of a typical city? Yeah, it, it did sort of. I, I, I think... Um behind closed doors said before the game I'd have probably taken a draw with a weakened side and a, and a weakened starting eleven. given the fact that the Manchester derby was coming up at the weekend we'd won our first two fixtures of the uh, the group stage so remaining unbeaten going into the second um, half of the group stage where you play each the teams in the reverse fixtures we've got two home matches to come and you know touch wood more often than not City are a lock for three points in those home games in Europe so you know it is I guess a pleasant surprise City were able to get the three points but um We'll move on to the second half then and, and discuss the goals because uh, an unlikely source, it has to be said, for the opening goal, Manuel Akanji, obviously a Swiss international playing against the Swiss champions. Um, it just had to be, didn't it? You know, Akanji he got sent off at the weekend. He, he makes amends popping up in the in the six-yard box and, and kind of showing Erling Haaland how to do it in front of goal. I mean, that's how you score your tap-ins, Erling. Um, Akanji, decent decent finish. I mean, it, a great header from Diaz to start off with and a wonderful stay, a save. It had been a bit of a, a nuisance had Akanji not scored it. But again, it goes back to that sort of wider question, doesn't it? City creating these chances, but are they the chances that we are sort of used to seeing with City or are we fighting on scraps a little bit? Yeah, I mean, couple couple points there and... First of all, um, I completely forgot Akanji was sent for the weekend. I've not thought about it since, and it's just popped, it's just popped back into my head that he's not available for the derby now, and uh, that's, that's yeah. awesome. um, because it was such a random sending off, wasn't it? The second one late in the game, the second yellow. <laughs> so weird. I completely erased that from my mind. So um, thanks for that reminder. Um, but yeah, I think. <laughs> I think that's probably that that goal will be the the only thing that this game is remembered for in in five years time. There'll be a, there'll be a question of a question <laughs> of sports. You know, who was the last Man City player outside of England to score in their home country whilst representing City? <laughs> <laughs> and I don't yeah. know. Dublin will have the answer, um, but I think, <laughs> I think that's about as memorable as the game's going to get. To be honest, um, further down the line, I think yeah. Touching on in in terms of. I guess the, the the chances that we're creating and the chances that we score from it, it it's one of those. I think especially at this time of the season, whereby you you really do take what you can get. Um, I think mm. City at the moment are really running on muscle memory, um, and okay, there's po- there's positives and negatives to that. In my opinion, you know, the positives are is that for the most part it's working. Um, I don't know how much has been chatted about the the wider season so far um on the podcast but I, I do kind of feel like we're you know um I guess going through through a bit of a period of it feels like we're running on automatic it doesn't feel like we've kicked at, mm. like into third gear yet um and when you're having those periods which often happen around this time of season you know we've seen it in the past where Pep Guardiola teams like really 
kick into gear around the Christmas period and then into the new year and then you get deep into the, the, the stage of the, the sort of Champions League and and I guess that's sometimes how it goes but these first couple of months of the season it's felt like we've been running on autopilot a little bit and with that sometimes you lack the creativity obviously KDB's out and we are we are sort of missing that that sort of um, creativity in the th- final third so in mm. terms of the goals that we're scoring at the moment maybe admittedly some some scrappier ones from time to time I think sometimes you've got to take them sometimes you need them I'm not going to mm-hmm. complain about them you know um I've not reached the the sort of um obnoxious part of City fandom yet where I'm going to complain about us scoring goals of, of any sort and sort of say why aren't, we, why aren't we scoring screamers we're Man City you know we've got, goals a goal if it goes in yeah. the back of the net I honestly couldn't care less how it happens um so yeah I think Later, at later points in the season, we'll I'm sure we'll see some really fluid football and some beautiful goals. And I mean, there have there have been beautiful goals. Maybe I'm being a bit harsh, but and a Kanji tap in after a nice sort of solid header from the defender in a tough game away on a piss night. You know, really piss rainy night in in Switzerland. Mm. Take it, take it. You know, take the result, get out of there. Look forward to Sunday. Yeah, it, it was a case of, uh, I think, at that, uh, especially at half time when City weren't 3 0 up. And I think if they had have scored a few goals, we'd have seen Haaland coming off, we'd have seen Grealish perhaps, Rodri, you know, the rotation would have happened a lot earlier. And I think if there's anything to take away from this game, it's the fact that there is quite a lot, a bit of minutes in those legs, especially on that, that pitch. And we keep mentioning it, but it is relevant. I mean, pro athletes have come out and said, playing on grass compared to playing on AstroTurf the day after you've played on AstroTurf your body's in a completely different state and I mean most the most recreational footballers will know what it's like to play on AstroTurf and, and the damage it can do to your knees so I'm, I am wondering yeah is it Sunday league football or I can vouch for that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it'll be interesting, won't it? Going, going, all the city players going back to the stately homes in Cheshire, tipping out the black stuff from their um, from the shoes, the rubber bits from the shoes. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see that <laughs> happening. But yeah, I, I completely agree, Ollie. It was a case of just sort of getting the win and getting out of there. Um, you, you sort of flirted with him a little bit earlier on, and I guess most people would love to flirt with him. But Jack Grealish, I thought he was he was sensational for City. And the caveat is that oh god, <laughs> flirting with Jack. Grealish and young boys again is another conversation, another sentence that doesn't sound right. But the caveat is it is only young boys FC. Um, I, I don't know how the commentators do it. I'm, I'm nearly in tears every time I say the name. Um, and, and there will be tougher tests to come, but obviously he's been out injured. He had that nasty dead leg. He's sort of come back into team. Doc, who's been shining, a timely performance, I guess, for Jack Grealish to just show everybody that yes. I was the I was the the winger in the treble winning team. I'm still here. You know, you can count on me. You can rely on me. Guardiola was speaking about him in the, in the week, saying I have no doubts about his quality and stuff. So yeah, a, a timely performance. I felt like. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, if there was ever a time for Jack Grealish to flirt with young boys, it was tonight. Um, so I'm I'm glad that. <laughs> <did> that. <laughs> um, it, it, yeah, I, I kind of feel like Jack Grealish. He's one of these players whereby any time that he's not on the pitch and, and not kind of front and centre, there's going to be questions purely because of his profile, purely because of his, mm. his price tag. Um, and to be honest, I think when we first signed Jack Grealish, I kind of thought that that would disappear after a while, but it, it's not. Um, and I guess that's sort of um, 
complementary to his, his sort of status within within world football and um, you know just sort of the type of character that he is. But when he's not there, it is very prevalent. And I think you know Doku's come in. He's he's looked really exciting. You know, he's a very raw talent, which to be honest, City probably haven't seen in a while. Um, especially in the wing positions, you know, I don't think we've seen someone that sort of raw since Sane, um, and that that is exciting. I think you've got to have that little honeymoon period with a player like that, which City fans have had and and Pep's had over the past couple of weeks, past four or five um, fixtures, um, which has you know maybe kept Jack Grealish out of the side um, just intermittently. But I do think that he's the type of player that, compared to his first season. Um, to now, he he he's adjusted his style of play so much to to Man City, and he's really really imperative to how we play. I think, especially in big games. Um, I don't know what's going to happen at the weekend, but I personally, if I was Pep, I'd be starting Jack Grealish. I think in in those sort of big games, he controls the game so brilliantly. Mm. He draws fouls, despite what so many people say. He is actually very creative. He, he just sort of does seem to have that curse of people not finishing his chances. Mm. Um, he controls the pace of the game. He's brilliant defensively. And yeah, he showed all of that tonight. So I think going into the weekend, I'd I'd definitely be starting him. Um, it's just obviously, I guess, a bit of a headache for Pep and a good headache to have that you've got a fair few informed attacking players at the moment with with Julian Alvarez, Haaland, Doku, um, and I guess I'll throw Foden in there for the sake of it. Yeah, definitely. There is a few sort of players making a case for themselves as the game's going on. That's exactly what we want at this time of the season. Um, it, you almost split the season into two parts, don't you? Well, you literally do first half and second half, but the first half is all, all about just being there, being in and around there, getting through the competitions, um, getting through to the knockouts, making sure you're within touching distance at the top of the Premier League. And in the second half of the season, we kind of get to see who the main men are, who are the, the key players, who are the undroppables, so to speak. And um, you're going to have to call upon every part of the squad at this time of the season so it's, it's good to see you know different players coming in Nunes as well he had a, a mixed game I have to say Kovacic I thought was tidy and North Rico Lewis as always is is composed and controlled and and you know pretty brilliant when he plays so yeah no complaints really about the game um that'll do for part one join us in part two as we continue yet again speaking about big Earl in Harland we just can't get enough of him at the moment here on the City Report podcast Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The Etihad Stadium really is wonderful at this time of the season, and the same goes for McDelivery. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. 
Welcome back to the City Report podcast. The fourth episode this week, if you want to go back and listen to all of our other shows, please just scroll back on your podcast feed. If you're not already, follow and subscribe as well. Now, Ollie, um, Erling Haaland got a 9.0 rating from FootMob for two goals. He got 11 out of 12 passes. Um, he created one chance and, and obviously had... The Jack Grealish, as we've just been praising him, but had his hand been tucked away a little bit, he'd have got an assist as well for that Alvarez goal, which was ruled out. But um, what did you make of his performance? And, and moreover, because you've you've not been with us for a week or two, what have you made of Haaland so far this season? Um, he's a stat padder. It's nothing more, nothing less. <laughs> <laughs> Clip it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's just not very good at football, is he? That's the thing with older. <laughs> you know, he knows Get where himself. the goal is, but doesn't know left from right. Um, no, he's... I, th- I think tonight, now that I'm sat here five minutes after the, 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 the game itself, I think it wasn't as bad as it looked at the time. Um, I, I think mm. that Erling Haaland, as happens with the world's best players um and you know i'm i'm not talking the world's best players in the the 30 or 40 top world class players i'm talking the the top 2 to 3 in the world at, at any given point which i think Erling Haaland has definitely shown himself to be in, in this past year the mm-hmm. the criticism that comes with that is is so large you know so he misses one chance and it is an absolute catastrophe. Whereas if, if Doku misses three or four chances in a game, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, pat him on the back or, you know, he's a, he's a raw talent, yeah. carry on with it. Um, and I think, I think, you know, tonight was a, a case of that. I was sat there in front of the, the, the TV going flipping echo and get your shooting boots on. And then f- funnily enough at full time, he's got two goals. Um, I think maybe people tend to micro assess him. I guess in these situations, there was mm-hmm. there was a lot of yeah. talk going on in the group chat about his penalty. Oh, you know, oh, it wasn't the best penalty I've seen. Oh, we could have gone a different direction. Um, you know, when these are all coming from us lads sat here in different parts of Manchester who can you know barely make it into a five-a-side team. Which <laughs> kind of like uh, speak for yourself. <laughs> speak for yourself. I'll have you know my yeah, my five-a-side teams are missing me for injury at the moment, and they're um, the gutted. Put it that way. Um, I'm not. I'm yeah, not sure yeah. the opponents are feeling the exact same anyway. I keep sending texts in my chat saying, need a spare player, lads. <laughs> Getting nothing back. <laughs> um, no, but um, no, I do. I, I kind of feel like Erling has admittedly not been at his best. There's no, there's no point beating around the bush there. I'm just kind of making a defence in his case that mm-hmm. he's still he's still scoring goals. Maybe not to the ratio that we'd expect. I, I do kind of feel and agree with um, some of the stuff that's been said around him recently that he, he looks a bit fatigued. He looks like he's missing the creativity. He kind of reminds me at the moment of Erling Haaland that joined City last year. And I actually kind of okay. think a fair bit more, a fair bit of it's more to do with the with the football of the team and some of the other players than it is necessarily himself. Um, mm-hmm. I think he got so used last year to to um, KDB, and I also think that he struck up a really good partnership with Jack Grealish, who obviously hasn't been playing for the past four or five weeks. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a lot more in the past couple of weeks of the old Erling Haaland who first joined City, whereby he's making 
really snap runs, which, you know, sometimes are good, sometimes mm. they, they seem a bit pointless, and then turn around and get really frustrated with you with your Rodri's, with your Bernardo's, with your Mateus Nunes's. I saw it three or four times tonight whereby he made a snap run, the ball didn't go to him, he turned around and, you know, was was, was flapping his arms by his side and getting quite angry with his teammates, saying, play the ball, play the ball, play the ball to me. Um, and I think, you know, that happened when he first joined and a lot of that is him needing to adapt to, to the sort of team that's running out at the moment because I think he got kind of used to a free-flowing Kevin De Bruyne, a Jack Grealish who was playing every single week. You know, at that point, Foden wasn't in the position that he's in now, so maybe he wasn't having to play the same kind of balls. So I kind of think at the moment... Erling Haaland's um, form is maybe coming down a little bit to his surroundings, the system that he's playing in, the absence yeah. of, of plays that he's used to playing with regularly. Um, and and also, at the same time, he's still scoring. He's got what, like, is it nine goals in the Prem? Three goals now in the Champions Nine goals in the Prem, yeah. Yeah, and we're in, we're in mid-October. So, I, like, you know... I'm I'm slightly worried, like of of his form, but slightly worried to the extent that you know, a mum worries about their someone they're ten minutes late through the door. It's like I'm not I'm not majorly concerned. It's just it's it's you know I've I've raised an eyebrow to it, but I think Derby this weekend. Um, you know I'm predicting big things from him. Um, I'm not going to agree with Luke who said in the group chat that he'll score a hat trick, but I'm I'm going to back him to score the winner <laughs> this weekend. And I think that will be a big boost of form for him. And um, yeah, he'll be back to it soon. I don't think there's too much to look into personally. Yeah, uh, hat trick might be a little bit too optimistic, although it would be fantastic as long as we win the game. I can imagine him scoring three and then us losing four three like um, a couple of years ago. I think it was two thousand nine when Owen scored the winner. Oh god, what a terrible time that was! But yeah, I, I totally, I totally agree um, with, with your sentiments, and I, I do find a little bit of the Harlan discussion to be to be lazy because, like you say, he's what on um, what we're we talking now twelve goals from thirteen matches in all competitions for for City. <laughs> no, sorry, in the Premier League and Champions. League obviously all competitions would include the Super Cup and the um, Community Shield as well uh, which is skewing the numbers a little bit but um, a, a stat from at Stat City says Haaland is the fifth highest Champions League scorer for City he's played 14 games and I think in five of them he, he didn't score at all so he, we're talking about him scoring the fifth highest amount of goals in the Champions League for City in what nine matches which is just absurd stuff um i think another stat as well he's into the top 20 for all-time goal scorers in the champions league history the fella's 23 years old you know and, and it goes back to it doesn't it the, the conversation we've been having all of this season when you score 52 goals in your maiden campaign for a club Anything that is below that is going to be considered unsuccessful. If you're not scoring every half of football, you can score every game, but if you're not scoring every half, every 45 minutes, people are looking at you and going, oh God, what's on? You know, Haaland missing a chance should not be considered newsworthy. He's a striker. He's going to miss chances. Like you say, in the same way, a Doku, a Grealish, a, a Mateus Nunes, whoever is on the pitch will miss chances. That just happens. So it is a little bit reductive, I feel like, when, you know, he, and don't get me wrong, there was a chance in, in the second half after he scored his penalty at the back post of a Doku cross, which was which was poor, you know, it was a poor finish, but he then goes and scores a wonderful goal where he shifts it onto his onto his foot and curls it into the top corner. So the fella's doing absolutely fine. Um, 12 goals in 13 matches, whatever it is, or 11 goals in 12 matches. 
phenomenal uh, genuinely ph- phenomenal i think we two three years ago when we when we couldn't score that 2021 campaign you mentioned um i think would have been all all begging for a player to be getting those numbers but um you do sort of flirt with the derby again um heading up this weekend and i think this match kind of happened in the shadow of this upcoming fixture. It's Sunday afternoon, so what, as we sit here on Wednesday night, this Thursday, Friday, Saturday, half of Sunday to recover, so we're talking three and a half days, really. Do you think there'll be a worry after a, a difficult run out against young boys, you know, a testing environment, the plastic pitch, again, we're mentioning it, it's going to be an extra little bit of recovery. Are there some players there that you kind of would hope didn't play as much? Harland, Rodri, maybe Ruben Diaz as well? Yeah, I think that um, there are a few players there that I'd have obviously wanted to rest. A lot of that comes down to our our squad size, um, which mm-hmm. despite despite what Paul Merson says is is quite, quite limited. <laughs> um, you know, I, I kind of wish... Rodri didn't have to play as much tonight. Um, Jack mm. Grealish. Jack Grealish, I, I, although I want to start him at the weekend, I kind of feel like it was good for him to get that time in his leg. So I wasn't I wasn't too bothered about that. Um, Harlan probably would have bought off earlier, yeah, if, if he'd have if he'd have bagged. I think, you know, obviously Pep kept him on because he yeah. knew that, A, he can score a goal any time and B, probably needed to just to sort of boost And, and as soon as he got that second... It was it was like you saw on the camera, Calvin Phillips was straight away. Um, he was on the side of the pitch ready to come on. So I think that was probably the plan. It just took a little longer than, than might yeah. have been expected. Yeah, yeah. Which um, I know this isn't about Calvin Phillips, but you got to feel bad for the guy when you're essentially just waiting for mm. someone to score their second goal so you can come <laughs> on. That's like that's when Pep's lost all his inhibition, isn't it? It's like he's had a few drinks. He's kind of like, ah, send send Calvin on, send him on. Who cares? Um, so it, yeah, it did I sound mean, like a match from Benny Dom then, though. <laughs> not not so much Pep <laughs> They're very similar characters if you sort of look at their philosophy of, of a leadership. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I think a cu- couple of players that could have could have done with resting. Conditions were tough. But to be honest, one thing that I've always admired about City and specifically Pep, which was brought up in the in the press conference, is not ones to complain. You know, I just I just kind of think mm. that's the way it is. It's the cards that you get dealt. Might be a bit of a tricky recovery. Um, you know, City have some of the best facilities and the best uh, doctors, physiotherapists in the world. I'm sure we can look after the place sufficiently. Um, there's nothing that I hate more than, you know, the Jurgen Klops of the world who say, oh, we had a game two days ago and we, did, you know, we our flight back got mm. delayed and the pitch wasn't very nice. Like, it's it, that's football, mate. Like, you know, it happens. Mm. So um, I expect professionalism very little complaints from from pep you know I'll, i'd be very surprised if he gets brought up again to be honest even in the press conference you know he might touch it once or twice but i don't think he's going to make a whirlwind of the, of the sort of period of recovery i think he'll just be focused on on beating the rags which is what we uh what we all want um and and hopefully yeah hopefully we can do it <laughs> You know it's Derby week when terminology like beating the rags gets brought out, and I absolutely love it. I mean, I've seen that I've seen that term multiple times this week. I've got various messages, team predictions against the rags, and I think that is just sort of like the unspoken rule in the first, in the seven days before a Manchester Derby. It is not United; it is the rags. Yeah, I think yeah, 
three hundred and I don't know fifty days of the year they're Manchester United, and then for the fifteen days, seven days before either fixture, that they are the rags, and and that's how it will always be. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll, we have a preview for the game against the Rags coming tomorrow. But um, I guess we'll we'll call it a day there, Ollie. It's been an absolute pleasure discussing one of the most boring matches of football in your words. I thought I thought there was a, a few little bits, a few quirks that did make it interesting. And I do I do have to say in these Champions League group stages. It would be easy for City to go and win every game 5-0. I do, even though we have won every game so far this season, I do quite enjoy the fact there has been, you know, a little bit of jeopardy in there. The, the Red Star game, when they went 1-0 up, this game where we went 1-1 and we, we struggled to score. But no, I enjoyed it and I enjoyed your company. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, appreciate it. And um, and I'll feel terrible for calling the game boring. So, you know, I'll sleep on that. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, re- I'll try to be more positive. Um, it was an exhilarating game. And I'm glad that we got to, to talk <laughs> through it in detail. Do you remember last year when you did the the punishment, or not the punishment, but you said if City come back from this game, I think it was against Tottenham Hotspur with 2 down, that you're going to drink a raw egg or something like that. Maybe this year, if we if we have a punishment, it will be you having to rewatch the full 90 minutes of Young Boys 1, Manchester City 3. Um, yeah, I, I'd prefer that to raw eggs, so I'll take it. You know, those, those raw eggs were absolutely criminal. I don't, I don't know how people on TikTok, you know, all these influencers neck raw eggs every morning. It was absolutely horrible. It's for the clout. It's for the clout, um, which is exactly what we do over here. So we can't complain. Everything's for the clout. Um, if you want to give us clout, by the way, uh, Amos Murphy underscore on social media. Oliver is your your links are in the description as usual. City Report Pod for all of the podcast social media. Well, that is it for today. If you enjoyed, please hit follow, hit subscribe. Another episode tomorrow discussing the rags. Until then, we'll see you later. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running, and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply, see mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 